Welcome to the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxie. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCready and featuring Zach Barry of Red Cup Rebellion, the Soft Verbal Podcast is your number one podcast dedicated to Ole Miss football and basketball recruiting. Featuring guests from throughout the Rivals.com network, the Soft Verbal Podcast tells you what is happening and what's going to happen on the recruiting trail. And it does it in style, just like Dead Soxie. Visit DeadSoxie.com and enter promo code RebelGrove at checkout for 30% off your order of the best dress socks you'll ever wear. Now... Here's your host, Neil McCready. Welcome into another edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxy. I'm Neil McCready. Zach Barry is with me as well uh, via the magic of uh, basically Skype. If you want to know the truth, so uh, we're going to talk about some football recruiting in a little bit. Uh, one more game left in the regular season, of course, Ole Miss at Mississippi State, Thanksgiving night, uh, and then recruiting heats up for real uh, pretty much right after that, starting that uh, really that Monday after the rivalry weekend, all the Saturday games, Iron Bowl and all those kind of Michigan, Ohio State and all that stuff. Uh, it gets uh, gets pretty real pretty fast on the recruiting trail, a couple of visit weekends in December and then the, uh, the early December signing period, which I think is December the 18th through the 20th. In a minute, I'll let Zach tell me if I've got any of that wrong and he can hit buzzers and stuff and then and we'll uh, we'll go from there. The uh, program is brought to you by Dead Soxy. They have expanded their collegiate line. Get in the action. Check out all of their newly listed color patterns. Regardless of their allegiance, those disowned relatives need Christmas gifts too. So go to deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com, and check out their new collegiate line. And as always, enjoy the Rebel Grove savings of 30% off with promo code REBELGROVE, Dead Soxy, Stay Soxy. I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios, Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call that number. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's that simple. It's right to the bottom line. Corey wants to be your car guy. He wants to be your truck guy. He'll prove that to you. Give him a call, 662-257-1900. Zach, how are you? Neil, it's been a busy week. Uh as you know, I started the week off as a judge, jury, and executioner of the Ole Miss football program uh, with a particular editorial that I did. And then, uh, as we discussed in our pre-show, uh, just learning the the finer things of pipes and cross spaces. I I did notice the uh, the hit piece. <laughs> Heard about it. I still haven't read it in its in its entirety, and I suspect that the majority of the people that now referenced it as a hit piece also did not read it in its complete entirety. Oh come on! Why do you say that? I I just have a suspicion. Okay, you're probably right. Uh, but yeah, that's well, great. Yeah, well, you know. Hey, welcome uh welcome to my world. Sometimes sometimes you got to be one of the things I've learned whenever I write anything that is opinion oriented is um I try to go as short as possible and make my point as concise as possible, not because it's like necessarily the best journalism. I think it is, but regardless, it is as people get more and more dependent on like Twitter for news, I think they're less and less likely to actually read something that has a lot of depth and context to it. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going to make a point, you've got to make the point, support the point. It's almost it's almost like going back to high school debate class where it's got to be quick, got to be 2 minutes, got to be quick. And and so <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's kind of yeah. it's kind of like that for me whenever I'm especially if it's something like hey, should Ole Miss make a change or not? Should Ole Miss do whatever or not? It's almost like, well, you can dance around for a while, but I think you run the risk of, of people not really getting to what you're trying to say. So so basically keep all hot takes to 140 characters or less. I think you can go 280 or less, and then you gotta, okay. you got to be careful at that point. And it's sad that it's that way because you have these complicated topics out there in the sports world like Colin Kaepernick, for example, which I'm not about to get into. But – like last weekend with Kaepernick and the NFL thing, there was a lot there, and I kept watching. Mm-hmm. People, I kept watching people, including national people, try to make this a fifteen-second soundbite. Can't. It's too, <laughs> it's 
too much. There's too much there. Yeah. There's there's so much on both sides of that, for example, and all the negotiations behind the scenes and the fact that the two parties, the NFL and Colin Kaepernick, are 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 let are. are um, you know, have uh, legal issues going with one another. They, there's, there's stuff. Litigation is the word I was looking for. There's stuff going on, and it, you can't boil it down into a nice, clean little circle and go, okay, there it is. Nope, it's, it's, it's more complex than that. And I think any time that you're talking about something along the lines of whether or not a school should make a change with the coaching staff, whether a school should make a change with the head coach. Those are typically not simple things. Those are typically very complex things that have a lot of nuance to them. And, um, you know, I mean, uh, you and I, for example, we disagree on this. You know, I think if it were up to you, you probably would, would, would make a change right now. If it were up to me, I would absolutely give him 2020, but I would give him 2020 with the understanding that, hey, look, the only optic that we're going to be looking at is the scoreboard. I mean, I get it. I understand it. I understand, for example, what's left of the 2017 recruiting class next year. And if you think about that, that's the 2017 class. That should be your redshirt juniors or seniors. Ole Miss has about four dudes that are contributing from that class next, going into next season. That's not how you build a winning football program. Um, the problem that, in my opinion, that Luke has in making that argument, fairly or not, is that he was part of that previous staff. It's why in 2016 and 2017, I should say, the entire fall, I said, you've got to go outside, make a clean break, bring in a new person, because I knew that the bill would have to get paid at some point and that people would be frustrated because college football is an emotional thing. And I knew that if you didn't make a clean break, there there would be no honeymoon. And if you didn't make a clean break, you wouldn't be able to use um, some of the reality as justification for giving whoever it was more time. And all of that is proven to be to be true then on the flip side for me i do think that the program as a whole is moving in the right direction that there's progress being made that they're building foundational classes on top of one another and and as i have told people on that staff i think there is a very real possibility that they are doing the work that will ultimately help the next staff uh break through right and he's Getting 2020, we know that now. Yes, and and I did mention it on the message board. I think at some point it was full disclosure that myself and and my co byliner Grayson Weir, we we had started it a couple weeks ago. So at that point, it was still up in the air. That was before you know the 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 statement came out. You know he's getting 2020. I guess the quote unquote report, Neil, that you were sleeping on, um, that came out about him coming back. Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, for me, I kind of operate in, in a more black and white type thing when it when it comes to this and, and especially this scenario. Maybe it's maybe it's a little emotional. It probably is because I'm, you know, I'm a fan to, to an extent. But, yeah, I mean, if it's not working now, is it going to work next year? And I and I am I can admit that you are definitely right with the building a class on top of another class. I think this 2020 class is going to be more, even more important um, than the 2019 one, which we've seen you basically the entire backfield and then a couple defensive backs and some, some guys at the first and second level on defense have already made their contributions and made their um, impact. So, yeah, I mean, getting this staff, uh, you know, or giving them, I should say another crack at, at getting another class in, um, is something that I think would benefit a new staff coming in, like you said, but which we're going to get into here in a moment, they have got to close in 2020. And there are four to five names that if they don't get them, it's going to be a little 2018 ish, 2019 ish to a certain extent where it's like, all right, we, we gave you the opportunity and you squandered it. Oh, there's no doubt. There's, there, there's no question about that, that they have to close strong, uh, both literally and optically. 
to have any momentum. Uh, I, I have, listen, I, I know we're about to get today as we're taping this on Wednesday afternoon. The, the Egg Bowl is a little over eight days away as we tape this. It's a week away when you hear this tomorrow or Thursday moving forward. Uh, I get it. The as the game gets closer, it's already happening. There are outlets that are hyping it up. Biggest game of the year. Oh, it's a big game. It's a litmus test. I'm not going to do it. I refuse. I'm not doing it. I, I will not do it. People can get as mad at me as you want to. Um, I'm going to be uh, true to to myself. The last time I took a stand this hard, I got fired from WNSP and Mobile. Luckily, in this case, I have a long term contract and I'm technically my own boss, so I can do it a little again this time. This game, win or lose, win or lose, is not an it, a loss is not an indictment on the program in my opinion, and a win does not mitigate everything else that has happened and does not necessarily some launching pad into great things. Why do I say Uh that? My opinion, Mississippi State's not very good. But it's there. Ole Miss has not played particularly well on the road. Uh, They have been decent at times. State has. Um the game could go either way. I, I, two straight mailbags. I've been asked, what do I think the line's going to be? And I've said Mississippi State minus three, Mississippi State minus two. If you told me the mm-hmm. line, if you told me the line was anywhere from a pick'em to Mississippi State minus two and a half, I'd say okay. Which is Vegas's way of saying flip a coin. I don't think yeah. I don't think Ole Miss is a betting line favorite in this game. I think Ole Miss is going to get a point or two going into the game, but I think it's going to be somewhere close to pick them. It's a game Ole Miss could win. I can make a compelling argument for how Ole Miss beats Mississippi State. I can also make an argument for how Ole Miss does not beat Mississippi State. And I'm trying to look it up here without smashing my keyboard too much, but is Ole Miss still on a streak of covering? Because last week was a push, correct? Yeah, Ole Miss pushed last week. They're They're – They've done really well with covering lines. I think. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I, I don't. I thought it was four in a row at some point. Not that it matters, but here's here's going to be my. I'm going to give away my my column lead going into the Egg Bowl. The Egg Bowl is nowhere close to as important for this coaching staff and this program as Baylor next September. Not even close. Oh yeah. Not, and I, not and and if people go what what how how can you say that Neil okay I'll tell you how I can say it let's do both uh, scenarios say Ole Miss beats Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl yay run around with the trophy yay five and seven you get an APR bowl game perhaps I don't know pick a spot let's call it Shreveport day after Christmas and you play Boston College or somebody awesome maybe you win that game too. <laughs> Maybe you win that game too. Let's let's give. In fact, let's paint. Let's play that scenario out. Ole Miss beats Mississippi State, and in this scenario, and please don't hold me to this specific bowl game because I have not studied it and won't study it until it becomes obvious that it needs to be studied. I'm not going to waste time looking into where would Ole Miss go, and then they lose the Egg Bowl, and it's pointless. So, let's just say for kicks and giggles in this scenario, they beat Mississippi State. Well, beat them by 10 points. Y'all get to beat them by 10 points. You run around. You got the egg bowl and the, you, your Friday morning tweet with the egg on Matt Luke's desk or whatnot. And then you get a bowl bid to the uh, Independence Bowl, December the 26th in lovely downtown Shreveport. And you beat Boston College 31 to 21. So you, two 10-point wins in a row. Six and seven. Finish the season six and seven the day after Christmas. Yay. Go into an offseason, you go play Baylor in week one in Houston in uh, Reliant Stadium, and you lose the game, uh, let's call it 30-27. to Okay, 30-27, to you lose to Baylor right away. The, oh, death march. Play the music. Because Alabama's in two weeks, then it's LSU, then it's Auburn. Two weeks later, it's Florida. Dun, 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 dun. It's over. I'm telling you, it's that yeah. simple. The negativity kicks in immediately. Okay, now let's do the flip side. Ole Miss goes to Starkville Thanksgiving night. They play well, have another game, kind of like some of the games they've had. They fall behind, come back, can't quite close the deal, and Ole Miss loses to Mississippi State 
27 to 24. Okay? Making up numbers. Oh, God. Oh, it's horrible. Joe Moorhead, there's the trophy. Oh, my God, they're going to keep the trophy. <laughs> there's the trophy. Oh, it's so sad. Matt Luke does his press conference. You know, we're really close, uh, disappointed, always tough to lose, feel bad for these seniors. Appreciate them sticking with us all these years. It's been a tough go for them, really hadn't been fair. Uh, excited about getting into the offseason, excited about getting on the recruiting trail. Uh, we really think we're close, man. We we. Uh, get in the weight room. We're going to get in the weight room. I, I love these kids, and they played their butts off for us. And, and uh, no one hurts worse than me when we lose this game. No one wants to win this game more than I do. It, it, uh, I'm sick, but, but uh, on the other side, I can see progress being made, and, and we're going to hit that recruiting trail Monday, and, and we're, we're going to get this done. Okay? Then everybody's kind of like, oh, man, it sucks, whatever. And then they finish their recruiting class, and they go to Houston in September, and we're going to flip the score. Ole Miss 30, Baylor 27. Rebels Whoa. start 1-0, and heading home to play – is it Middleton? I don't know who – somebody. Heading home to play some directional school in week two. And Vaught-Hemingway is full. Everybody's, everybody's jacked up. There's win one, and people are going, hey, two is not at Alabama anymore. Joe Burrow yeah. is not at LSU anymore. Auburn doesn't have all those deep, deep defensive players anymore. If we could just get one of those games. Well, Southeast Missouri. Southeast, the Red Hawks. Southeast Missouri. So I'll play it out further. You beat Southeast Missouri 49 to 10. Because I like that score. 49 to 10. 49 to 10 and you're 2 and 0. Oh. With Alabama coming to town, and this place is a zoo because that's how it works. So you tell me which one of those? Oh, no, oh, no, Auburn's Auburn's first. Auburn's oh, it's even better. Hell, it's more winnable. Ooh. Game. More winnable game. Auburn comes to town. Places jam packed. Everybody's pumped up. Everybody smells some blood, and everybody thinks, "Here we go." You tell me which one of those two scenarios is more pal. Which one of those is too more palatable for this staff? And I know everybody goes, "Well, you could do both. You could win them all. You could." But I'm not. I'm not offering that for this scenario. So I'm telling you, the Baylor game is more important than the Mississippi State game, yeah. and it's not close. Yeah. Scenario two also opens you up to uh, people saying, see, see, Zach, the column you wrote, Matt Rule's overrated. Should, why are you comparing him to, to Coach Matt Luke? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, just, just tying it into – to me here um yeah but, but you yeah. gotta get those gotta get those clicks neil that's how i get paid you get paid by the click man that's what i do um, we're we're click based we've been click based <laughs> right. for a long time yeah um but yeah i mean that's that's definitely the the, the best way to kind of long term look at how the the mindset of this program is going to be because i always talk to people uh about doing a podcast doing you know running a website and things like that and i tell them like look here's the the two times that we thrive when Ole Miss is really good at sports oh man business is booming baby everybody loves it everybody's excited people love talking about it people love reading about good stuff it's that and it's when it is terrible when people can band together and be apathetic and can be angry those are the two times when you thrive. When you're middle of the road and it's just kind of like, eh, you know, four and seven, hey, maybe we'll go to a bowl game if, if everybody had good grades. No? Okay, well, we'll be there next year. You know, when you're in that four and eight, five and seven, six and six, it, it sucks. So, yeah, I'm not saying I want chaos and turmoil, but that, that first two months of next season is going to be – uh, interesting doesn't even do it justice. Oh, listen. Listen, I'll say it out loud. People can get mad at me as they want to. If someone's came to me and said, what do you want next season? I want one of two things. From a business standpoint, pure business standpoint, give me eight or more wins where people are talking about Matt Luke as SEC Coach of the Year. Uh, Plumlee, presumably, is just destroying defenses. He's added some some passing proficiency to his uh, electric feet. Some guys have broken through. Jerry and Ely's having a huge year. Uh, some young defensive backs have really emerged. And, uh, boy, they're just playing. They're just fun. 
and they're playing these big games and everything's competitive as hell and they're getting like I said, eight and four, probably finishing up the season by by beating Mississippi State and running around the field with the egg and all that stuff and everybody's almost emotional and all that stuff and they're going to the I don't know, the whatever the eight and four bowl gets you to. Um, and everybody's all geeked up and, and thinking about boy that schedule in 2021 is favorable and we're going to have a junior quarterback and a bunch of talent built up and we're recruiting. Give me that scenario or give me a bunch of L's where it becomes brutally obvious in September that this is over and I can sell a coaching search for two and a half months. I want one or the other. Oh yeah. I want one or the other, preferably I'll take the first one because it makes my people happier. And I've come to like a lot of the people who subscribe to my site, who listen to my podcast, who support (laughs) my family with, uh, by supporting the people who advertise with us. So if you tell me I can pick one of the two, believe it or not, I'm going to pick, yeah, give me the winning season. That's a fun story. Matt Luke surviving, getting down to the skin of his teeth and then becoming SEC coach of the year is a, that's a great story. Oh, man. John Rice, Rags to riches. Rags to riches. Everybody loves that story. John Rice Plumley going from, man, you can't do this, to, oh, I could do this. It's a great story. Jerry and Ely becoming almost a Heisman caliber candidate going into his junior year. Great story. I can sell There's, that. I can sell that story. Oh, and, and, and Neil, you could, you could go up in the attic, dust off a box, pull out some uh, – some some old content we could have a thunder and lightning you know part two here where you have hey you had cadillac and ronnie brown back in the day when now you got jerry neely and snoop connor absolutely so i mean come on it writes itself but the worst scenario is they the the whole two and five and then the back half Mm -hmm. of the schedule is so bad that they limp to six wins and there's this well they're six and six and they finish strong and then most of the people like yeah but we didn't beat anybody and i not i I don't want that. So, anyway, that's a little inside. Uh, so let's let's get to some recruiting. Let's talk about it. Yep. They've got um, I don't know the exact number available. I can tell you that I anticipate enough attrition to sign a full class, and I won't be surprised if this particular class that of, of currently committed players. If there's a little bit of attrition that comes from it, some of it uh, at the player's choice and some because Ole Miss kind of says, you know, when you when you tell the girl that you're dating, you say, oh, you know, I don't mind if you see someone else. That's mm-hmm. typically your way of saying, I've got somebody else in mind, and if you'll break up with me first, that would be awesome. <laughs> so yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little bit of that, an encouragement. Oh, you should definitely go go see that school. Yeah, you should absolutely go visit, which is kind of hopes that they'll get the hint and bolt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so anyway, I, there's I, I do expect some movement um, inside the class, and for the most part. And I'm being careful here that I don't sound like a homer because I don't want to. And because I know this staff is still haunted by last December's close, which was awful. And so this December, I got to be cynical until it happens positively. But if it ends the way I think they, they being the people inside that program, believe it can end, I, I, I think it's going to be a pretty good signing period for them. Well, last weekend was was a huge visit weekend. Uh, I think the now out of the I guess four to five important, I guess most important targets I should say, um, and you can take away, add, agree, whatever you want to do here. I think McKinley Jackson's number one. Um, he is the one guy that they are desperately needing to sign. He's the one that I guess if if you ask the staff. Who's their most important? It's got to be him. Um, after him, I would say uh, Amari Thomas is up there. He was in town uh, with his teammate Jabari Small. Um, their high school season is now over, so that is going to uh, be interesting to follow as the weeks go on because Amari Thomas was very adamant about he wasn't going to decide until 
you know, an all-star game or he was going to wait, which those aren't until February or January, excuse me. But um, now that he has a lot more free time, is he going to get antsy? Is he going to want to go ahead and, and, and jump in someone's boat? Is he going to want to claim a spot? You know, what's he going to what's he going to do there? Uh, he was in town. Um, after him, I would say uh, J.J. Pegues is up there as uh, one of the super important targets for Ole Miss just for optics reason, I guess optics wise with, um, they do not want to lose another guy who was in Oxford, um, after what happened with Brandon Turnage. Um, and then lastly, and, and this one's kind of on the back burner for me and feel free to disagree. I, Josiah Hayes at Horn Lake. I don't think there's a lot of concern there. I think that what he did was, a quote-unquote business decision for him to be able to take his visits and do what he wants to do. I, if, I, if you had to ask me right now, who do I feel good about uh, Josiah Hayes signing with? Who do I feel best about on the on that list that I just gave you? It's definitely him. I think Ole Miss is going to sign Josiah Hayes. Um, his teammate Jack Brown is going to sign with Ole Miss. He's still committed, and I think that for him it was just, hey, I just I just want to. Go take some free trips. So more power to you, man. I would have done the same thing. So that's kind of the list I have right now. If I don't know what what you think about that, or if you if you think anyone else, but those are the the main ones that I think they need. So I think going into this finish, the most important area for them is defensive line. Um, Absolutely. It's there are five or so guys left on their board. I think. Maybe maybe one or two others, but for the most part, you just touched on them. I agree with you about Josiah Hayes. I think he ends up in Ole Miss's signing class. I have very little doubt that he'll end up in Ole Miss's class. I agree with you about McKinley Jackson being an absolute priority. Um, I haven't done a crystal ball on him. If I did one today, I think I would cautiously do it for Ole Miss. They've made him a priority. He has liked that, and uh, I think they'll get him. Um, I don't. I don't feel as good about saying what I'm about to say, but I do think Jabari Small, his presence in the Ole Miss commitment class, and I, I, I do think it's it's safe. I think that helps them with Omari Thomas. I know that they have prioritized Omari Thomas. I think the only things to watch for there are if Arkansas were to make some sort of a splashy hire who made Omari Thomas a priority early. I do think that would turn his head a little. And then mm-hmm. Tennessee has stabilized. I mean, Jeremy Pruitt, yeah. Jeremy Pruitt has done a good job. And I know it's – I like to do it too. Everybody likes to make fun of Tennessee, but they've been okay lately. And it appears that they have a chance to finish on a win streak and get to a bowl game and have some momentum. And kids notice that stuff too. <coughs> that – that November, that November slate for Tennessee every year is something, isn't it? It is, it is, and but <laughs> but you have to take it to his credit, though. You have to win those games, and in the past right. few, past few years, they haven't won those games. So uh, you know, they and they hadn't won them yet this year, but I think they will. And mm-hmm. he's done yeah. a good job. But but I kind of like Ole Miss's chances with Amari Thomas. So if if you told me they got Hayes, Thomas, and Jackson, I'd, I'd buy it. Oh man, that's a. That's a defensive line class that I I'd put up there with the best they've ever had. And they're still in it on Jamari and Latham uh, from Alabama, the Alabama commitment. Mm-hmm. He's been at Ole Miss a few times. I, I'm not sure that Alabama at the end of the day is going to make room for him. And I think that's where Ole Miss would have – it wouldn't even be a decision. I think Ole Miss would take him. I think Ole Miss would take all four. And uh, yeah. and then they'd figure it out from there. People say, well, wh- where? Well, I'll give you an example. I don't think Ole Miss is going to recruit any more offensive linemen. I really don't. Yeah. I know there's a couple of names that are out there that are on the board. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't think either one of those end up on their signing day class. Yeah, and that was one that I was going to bring up. I wanted to get your thoughts on Marcus Henderson out of, out of Memphis at NUS. So he visited over the weekend um, – and, and now I, he could have visited. Maybe he wanted to check out Ole Miss. Also, it could be because LSU was in town. Um, I've been told that LSU is, is, is high on his list, might be his leader. Um, as of now, they're recruiting him. Um, 
pretty hard from what I'm hearing. And I believe they're recruiting him as a defensive lineman. Now, I know Ole Miss has, has talked to him about that, and yeah. I think he's listened. If you told me that Ole Miss signed him, I would tell you that Ole Miss signed him as a defensive lineman. That's exactly what I would mm-hmm. say. I would tell you that they had determined yeah. that he could be an interior defensive lineman, and that's why they signed him. And, yeah, because he plays guard, and we've talked about it enough on this show. They're not looking to take not only offensive linemen. I mean, from what you've been told and what I've been told, it's got to be a surefire can't-miss tackle. They're not taking any more guards. They've got too many. So I think people are talking to him more about playing defense. I think he's got a a, a good frame for it. He um, He's honestly got a pretty decent uh, skill set to play defense. I mean, he, he plays O-line with a mean streak. He, he's pretty nasty. I think he could uh, – he could turn into a pretty good defensive lineman, but he's visiting Missouri officially this weekend. Um, and he was there in Oxford last weekend. Uh, as of now, I believe tentatively he's scheduled to, uh, officially visit Ole Miss in December, first weekend of December. Um, but right now LSU's up there and, uh, Tennessee's still hanging around, but that's the only one that's a quote unquote offensive lineman there. I think they're keeping warm. We'll uh, we'll touch on the rest of their board in just a minute. Uh, this podcast is also brought to you by The College Corner. It's your one-stop Rebel Shop, now with two locations in the Jackson area in Ridgeland, next to Fleet Feet, new location in Flowood, next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, it's not a problem. You can visit them online, collegecornerstore.com, uh, plus Facebook and Instagram. Uh, it's Christmas time. Great way to do your uh, your your gift shopping. Get a collegecornerstore.com. Mention Rebel Grove at checkout. Get 15% off your entire purchase. You can use it online as well. Just put Rebel Grove in the coupon tab at checkout to get the same discount. We're also brought to you by Elite Dental Care with offices uh, throughout West Tennessee and Germantown, Jackson, and Trenton. They've got five doctors with more than 75 years of combined experience. And uh, the doctors at Elite Dental Care offer convenience along with the latest in technology. They uh, focus on staying up to date on all the latest technology, including intraoral cameras, digital x-rays and impressions, 3D x-rays and more. They offer both conscious sedation, IV sedation for patients that are anxious or scared, for those that might not be fearful but just don't have a lot of time and uh, can't afford to take off work for multiple visits. Uh, So if you're looking for a dentist in West Tennessee or the Memphis area, call Dr. Mark Harper, Dr. Clint Buchanan, and Dr. Mike Farah at Elite Dental Care. To reach them, go to EliteDentalCare.com or follow them on Facebook and or Instagram. And we're brought to you by the Refrigeration Company, TRC owned and operated by Jeremy Wattler. He's been in the refrigeration field for more than 20 years, including five years as a national service manager. TRC understands that great service means being responsive, and their highly trained, responsible, and dedicated staff are available 24-7 to ensure your complete satisfaction. They specialize in ammonia refrigeration, but they work on any other HFC, HCFC, or CO2 systems. They're building winning relationships with customers in baking, cold storage warehouses, ice production facilities, and facilities serving dairy, food, poultry, and catfish processing. They're licensed in Alabama, Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Tennessee, and South Carolina. They can handle any of your company's refrigeration needs, including installation, fabrication service, compressor rebuilds, ammonia detection calibration, vibration analysis, and more. To learn more, call Jeremy Wattler at 251-348-8533 or email him at jeremy at com. All right, the other area of need, obviously, when you look at this team, when you look at them on the field, when you look at what's leaving the program, it's defensive backs. They've got some corners that are coming in that they're excited about. I think they'd like to add at least one more DB for sure. The guy that they, they, they would love to get, of course, is Keyshawn Lawrence, who is committed to Tennessee. They'd love to get uh, Avante Williams, who is committed to Oregon. Um, Lawrence is from the Nashville area. Williams is from Florida. Look, I think Ole Miss has a shot, but I think it's, if you're being real, both of those are long shots right now. Right, and we've we've talked about Avante Williams before. I know that he and Charles Clark are tight. They talk a ton. But at the end of the day, Avante Williams still hasn't visited Ole Miss. Uh, for me, that's kind of recruiting 101 you follow the visits he hasn't shown up yet um well i guess you could say follow the visits unless you're jamin Brakefield, and then he uh 
commits without going, but that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, if well, they can't get him on campus. If Duke basketball offers either one of these guys, they're gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't play basketball, but you got an offer? Sure, yeah, take it. Um, but, yeah, it, it, until he visits, I can't really see that as a real thing. The Keyshawn Lawrence thing is interesting. Uh, he's tight with um, with D.R. McDonald, who's from – the middle Tennessee area. He's friends with Jabari small. Um, you know, I'm sure he's familiar with him. Are Thomas? Uh, but again, that one, a long shot, like you said, Tennessee has stabilized. Um, they're putting together a good class. Keyshawn Lawrence is from Nashville, which, um, can, if you can believe it or not, is is not a Vanderbilt stronghold. Um, but Tennessee comes in and kind of gets whoever they want each year. It's shocking uh, really how that happens. It really is. Um, but Keyshawn has, has been a, a Tennessee commit for a long time. Um, so, yeah, that's a long shot. The, the one DB that I think you need to keep an eye on is uh, in-state. It's it's not in Nashville. It's not in Florida. It's uh, Emmanuel Forbes from Grenada. Um, I, I don't know if it will make up for missing on Jannard Avery, but um, he's the one that I would tell people to keep an eye on. And, and keep a close eye on because I do think that that is a possibility. I do too. Um, I think D. Beckwith is watch is worth watching. I think Jimmy Holiday is worth watching. They're recruiting him as a quarterback. He's a guy that I know that they love as a defensive back, but they like him uh, as an athlete enough to make that promise that hey, you'll you'll get a shot at quarterback. A, a real shot, not not a token two week deal. Mm-hmm. A real a real shot, and, and this is where we get this question a lot. No matter what you think about John Rice Plumley as a passer, we get this question a lot, and I'm, I'm sure you do as well. This is going to shock you when you hear it. Why don't they just move him to the slot? Well, okay. Here's the thing, and and in today's era of social media with kids, and these kids compete against each other in seven-on-sevens. They camp around each other. They get to know each other. They follow each other on social media, all that stuff, more and more all the time. If you lie to one of these kids, number one, they can hop in the transfer portal at just a moment's notice. And number two, they're going to tell everybody, hey, man, be be careful listening to ULM. ULM will tell you that, that you can play linebacker, and as soon as you get there, man, they put you on the water ski team. I mean, the moment. And so you gotta be you got to be careful. You can't believe them. And that's an extreme example, obviously. But, you know. Oh, man. But if Jimmy. you got to. I was going to say, you got to have your ducks in a row when you're recruiting somebody like this that is a tweener. I mean, it's like the J.J. Pegues thing. And people are like, well, who are they recruiting him as? You're recruiting him what he wants to play. Yeah, and you have to give him a legitimate shot at that spot where yeah. it either works out or he sees that it doesn't work out. And he comes to you and says, so I've been thinking, um, kind of want to move to whatever. Yeah. I want to get on the field. It- I want to get on the field. How do you what, – what do you all think? And that's when they say, well – you know, coming out of high school, we really liked you at defensive end or defensive tackle. But, you know, you wanted to play tight end, and that was cool. And, and we, we wanted you here, and you're a big part of our program, and we love you, and we love your mama and all that stuff. And But if you want to play at the next level, we really think you probably ought to move to X. And now he's more apt to do that. So, yeah, if down the road somewhere, and I can't even imagine it at this point, John Rice Plumley walks in and goes, you know <laughs> – I'm not throwing the ball the way I need to, but um, I keep getting this comparison to Julian Edelman, and I'm noticing that he's playing a lot. And I was kind of thinking about moving to the slot. What do you think? Well, at that point now, it's a fair game to have a conversation about it. But if Ole Miss walked mm-hmm. up to John Rice Plumley today, and I realize coming off of a 400-yard performance against LSU, this is silly, but just play along. If they walked up to him today and said, so we've been kind of thinking, you know, we're bringing in some quarterbacks and um, – really think you'd be more help in the slot i don't think he'd take it very well and i don't think i don't think that's that's just not how you build your program and, it, and i get kind of the old school yeah but you sign with the school do what's best for the team it's just it's different whether you like that or not it's okay i'm not mm-hmm. i'm not here to argue that but i can tell you that it's different and when you when you fight that uh 
when you make that mistake, and a lot of teams do it, when you make that mistake, it usually bites you on future recruits. Right, and I was going to say a perfect example of of what we're talking about. And, and look, he hasn't been just lighting it up. But I mean, Jason Pellerin, he was never going to play quarterback. But he came with the coaching staff and said, "Hey, I want to contribute however I can, however I can help the team." They put him at tight end. Yeah, you know, not doing a ton, but he made he was honest with himself and was like, "Look, I'm not going to play quarterback, but I want to do something." Um, now this might work itself out if people just are dying for John Rice Pumley to put receiver gloves on and play the slot. Let's say Robbie Ashford comes in and just lights it on fire, and it's just kind of one of those where it's like, well, like. You know, hypothetically, Plumlee's still working on his arm. He's still a little, you know, erratic throwing. But we got this Robbie Asher kid, and then all of a sudden, door opens, and it's John Rice Plumlee, and he's like, hey, coach, look, I need to play receiver. This guy's better than me. Now, if that happens, oh, well, perfect. All bets are off at that point. But that's, that is the bullet dodged. Yeah, but, so, yeah so we'll, let's, let's go back to Holiday for a minute. Jimmy Holiday okay. is a guy that uh, I, I think there are multiple coaching staffs that are out there. In fact, I know it. It's not just Ole Miss. There are people at other staffs, too, that think this is a guy that uh, if he walked in day one at cornerback and developed, uh, you know, along typical lines, that uh, he's got NFL ability at corner. Could be could be an elite corner. But he wants, the, he wants to play quarterback. He, he's not yeah. – He's at, at least as of this moment, to my understanding, he's not going to go someplace that will not promise him a legitimate shot at quarterback. So Ole Miss, I think, because of the loss of Grant Tisdale to the transfer portal, I think the expected loss of Matt Corral to the transfer portal, Ole Miss would like to sign another quarterback in addition to Ashford. And uh, because Ashford is a baseball risk, it's not likely, but it's possible. And so you you, you got to make sure you cover your bases there. And mm-hmm. um, so, you know, I think at this point, Ole Miss has approached the point, maybe has hit the point where they'll tell Jimmy Holiday, okay, if you sign with us, we will give you a legitimate shot at quarterback, which means a long shot at quarterback, a long term shot at quarterback. And any decision to leave that position will be yours. And if I think if that happens, Ole Miss has a hell of a shot at him. I think things have drastically changed in his eyes when Grant Tisdale left. Yeah. Because I think he saw, you know, "Eh, I'm going to get buried over there. They got another guy coming in this class, and they've got three dudes in front of me. Probably not going to work now. And people were telling him, and if you go there, they're going to move you position-wise. They're going to move you. They're going to move <laughs> yeah. you the second day. And he's and, like, oh, boy, you know, I mean, it's, if everybody tells me that, then, you know, that's what's going to happen. And, and that's mm-hmm. why you can't start switching dudes' positions and making them unhappy. Now Ole Miss can say, hey, everybody said we should do that with John Rice, and we didn't do it. We didn't do I, it. It's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, it's almost like a, a, a subconscious recruiting tool that they did. I don't know if they did it on purpose or not. I don't think they did but yeah perfect hey look at this guy same basically identical skill set super successful high school quarterback from mississippi really fast really athletic look at him look what he's doing look at what he did against lsu like that could be you yeah so yeah so great recruiting pitch it is and then you know if a, if a year from now holiday's your quarterback great and if a year from now he's just sitting behind a heisman candidate in, in Plumley. Well, one of two things will happen. He'll either be content to be a backup or he'll walk into the coaches' rooms at some point and say, so, you know how you guys thought I could be a corner? Kind of thinking about corner. Or he'll do what a lot of other quarterbacks do. And this is part of the quarterback recruiting deal. Coach, this didn't work out. I'm going to transfer to <laughs> blank. And yeah. so, and that's where when I tell people it's changed about the ability to, you know, go recruit eight quarterbacks and move four of them to different places. No, they they leave. Alabama signs elite quarterbacks every year, knowing that fifty fifty shot they're going to bolt. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the way it works. So they, they bolt, right. then you go get another one. I do think this is a staff that is going to Zach look at the uh, grad transfer market. Okay. Um, I don't know how many. I think it will depend on numbers. It's going to depend on attrition. It's going to depend on how they close on some of the guys that we just talked about. But I, I, I do think um, 
I do think there are some people that they're looking at. And if you told me one, two, maybe even three grad transfers, I'd buy it. And um, there's a couple of guys in this in this class that are academic casualty possibilities. I'm not going to name names. It's totally unfair to the kids. But Ole Miss is going to watch their academic progress closely before they sign them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there there are there are a couple of names that I've heard that are it's, it's iffy academically and I, I don't I don't know that Ole Miss is in a spot where it really wants to take a lot of chances with, with academics. You don't want to give away one of your twenty five to an empty spot. Right. I was gonna say this is probably the last year that they're gonna need to worry about it, but they gotta continue to build not just depth but quality depth. And you can't risk trying to build quality depth with someone that's not going to show. So that is certainly something that I, that I definitely think they're, they're keeping an eye on. And that's another thing with the grad transfer market. Well, that these guys already graduated. So you don't got to worry about grades. Um, I want to ask you uh, a, a couple names here and just kind of get your thoughts. Um, Cause I've heard some things here and there, but just interested to what, what you think. It, we're going to go back to DB here. The two that I know, one, I kind of know what you're going to say. The other one I'm interested to to get your thoughts. Sidney Williams out of Alabama. Yeah. And then Dylan Johnson out of Mississippi. I know that Dylan Johnson is a running back, but they are recruiting him as a DB. I'm interested to get your thoughts on those two. I would say that they are both higher probabilities than uh, Lawrence or Williams. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, Avante Williams. And I would put Sidney Williams as more likely than Dylan Johnson uh, in large part because of what you just said. Dylan Johnson wants to be a running back, and Ole Miss has been very consistent with its message to him. Um, I know mm-hmm. I know that he likes Ole Miss, though. He's been a few times. Um, Got to wait and see what happens with Mississippi State. I mean, look, that could throw a lot of this up in the air. I mean – you know, we started with scenarios about who runs around the field hugging an egg. Um, if it's Ole Miss running around that field hugging that egg, Mississippi State had a losing season in a year when their schedule did not – their schedule was friendly. In a year when they should mm-hmm. when they should have won seven or, or eight, they won five in that scenario. And I don't know whether they would do the APR bowl thing or not. I don't know what their APR is. Um Five and seven, Joe Moorhead, I don't know if he wants to stay in Starkville or not, but he might wake up going, well, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen here. Um, and then, I venture to say I know the, the answer to that, Neil. You th- you think that he'd get in trouble? Who, Moorhead? Yeah. I mean, I was going to say I think I know the answer to if he wants to stay there or not. I think he'd like to return to a Big Ten-type job, but I don't know that he can get one. Yeah. I don't know that he can get one. I mean, I, I well, hear, that's true. I hear Greg Shiano's the guy at Rutgers. Uh, ah, you know, try it again. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I don't know what happens there if, if if it's five and seven, and maybe Mississippi State decides to make a change and and, and go a different route. What does that mean for a, a Dylan Johnson? Maybe nothing. Maybe everything. I don't know. And then you know, the the flip side is true. They could win and it's stabilized, and they say, hey, you're you're our running back of the future. And look at the way we use Kylan Hill. It's how we're going to use you. And for mm-hmm. a kid, for a kid who wants to be a running back, that would be pretty compelling sales pitch. So that could go either way. I like Ole Miss's chances with Sidney Williams. Unless Auburn just gets super serious. And the Auburn deal is, hey, they're going to play the Iron Bowl, and if they don't win it, Mm. it gets weird. It gets weird there. I mean, fast. Hey, so real quick, I made this comparison on our show earlier this week, and I want to ask you this because you've been super close to that Auburn program before, and then you're tight with J.G., well, yeah, I mean, you know, what I don't know what their fight song is, but I know people like it. Um, War Eagle, fly down the field. Ever. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, who is weirder about just hot seats with coaches? Is it is it is it Auburn or is it Southern Cal with Clay Helton? Because Clay Helton could win nine games go to the Pac-12 title game, maybe go to the Rose Bowl, and they might still fire him. 
but they'll only fire him if they know Urban Meyer's coming. Oh, absolutely. So they're they're only firing him if they know, hey, we're going to make this splashy hire and hire this bad person, great coach, who is going to come <laughs> in and win. Every, like he won at Utah, he won at Florida, he won at Ohio State, and he will win at USC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's – So yeah. Auburn, on the other hand, is – their problem with Gus – it's the and it's one of the reasons it's very hard for Auburn people to I think the the rational ones and every fan base has rational and irrational. The rational Auburn fan, I mean the irrational Auburn fan says we should win all the time. War Eagle, let's go. The rational Auburn fan understands. Boy, Alabama has historic success going on right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Georgia's program is completely invested right now. And so yeah, that's one way to put it. And so, you know, right now this job's hard. And LSU is as of this moment the number 1 ranked team in the country. This this job is hard. So, if LSU fires, I mean if, if Auburn fires Gus Malzahn, I don't know who they go hire and if Jay's right, they promote Kevin Steele, which is not exactly a splash. And so, mm-hmm. man, I don't know. That Auburn to answer your question, Auburn is significantly weirder. So, <laughs> yeah yeah which is it's par for the course it, it, and yeah i mean and real quick i mean me you and i both have an affinity for boom uh well must champ in, in south carolina that's another weird spot because okay let's say you get rid of must champ well convincing someone to come there in the same state as Dabo sweeney and clemson and well and Georgia, Neil, I don't know how often, georgia's right there and it, now tennessee looks are. like they're you know tennessee looks like they're yeah. sta- stable at least is that fair and and florida i mean mullins were mullins got them going i mean at the very least florida is good um yeah. you and, and you could also say north carolina's right there with phil longo and yeah. what he's doing yeah. i mean i wouldn't have said that but, but okay <laughs> uh, but yeah i mean it's it's that's such a hard job because Dabo and what they're doing like last time i looked Dabo and clemson are probably going to sign five of the top 10 players in the rivals 250 five of the top 10 i mean it it's so like he's built a I, superpower I think most, I mean, yeah, like people are just going to go to Bama when Saban retires. No, he's not. No, I don't think he doesn't so. need to go there. I'll be surprised. He's, he's good. I'll be surprised if he goes there. Yeah. No, yeah, he doesn't need to now. Yeah. I don't know what who they'll hire, but uh, I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's Dabo. Dabo's got his program. I, I don't I don't see yeah. that. I don't see maybe that. They'll, maybe they'll reach out to Richard again. Uh I'm gonna dust off that story. I'm going to, I'm going to guess <laughs> that that ship has sailed so far into the night that, uh, that there's no bringing it back. That's 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 yeah. my guess. All right. Uh, speaking of ships that have sailed, this one needs to sail. You've got somewhere to go. I've got stuff to do. So we've uh, we've talked mostly recruiting for 53 minutes. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. Thank you to the people at Dead Soxy for sponsoring. Don't forget. DeadSoxy.com, promo code REBELGROVE at checkout. 30% off makes for a great Christmas gift for your loved ones. For Zach Barry, I'm Neil McCready. We'll talk to you again next week on the next Soft Verbal Podcast. Until then, take care.